0: Hey, welcome to the Mostly Skateboarding Podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Kigongo. And this week I'm joined by Mike Munzenreiter and of course, Jason from Frozen and Carbonite. The boss is back and so is Baker. On Friday, January 26th, Baker Boys distribution blessed the skate internet with Baker has a death wish 2. The video was the main subject of discourse in chats, on skate Twitter, and yes, even on the slap message board until it was unceremoniously removed from YouTube the following Monday. The video has been ripped and reposted onto other accounts. But as of recording today, February 1st, 2024, the start of Black History Month, the video is back up on Baker's YouTube channel and presumably unchanged. Cannot confirm I haven't watched it since yesterday. And that was a ripped version. Jason, throwing to you immediately, your thoughts on this latest offering for Mr. Reynolds and company. Oh, well, first of all,
1: um, Baker Deathwish probably, I mean, and I have no data to support this, probably has more writers than H Street did back in its heyday. Like the video is an hour and seven minutes, odd minutes long. And there's people on Deathwish that weren't even in it, like jk's for example, Taylor Kirby. But for me, standout parts were Brian O'Dwyer, talk about that in a second, talk about that part in a second. And Casper Brooker, Jamie Foy, of course, and that one Sean O'Connor kid who's really dope. Um Brian O'Dwyer, well Before I talk about that part, let me talk about the music supervision writ large. Yeah, Baker's always had really dope music supervision. They kind of combine the zero old, you know, 70s classic rock deep cuts with some rap, with some of that 70s AM radio vibes that Rocco had in in some of the world events. It's almost, it's hard to put into words how dope it is. That's someone skated to Journey and Spiritualized in
2: the same part. Yeah, well, I, wish I, I, I wish I knew better, like, the Spiritualized uh, reference, because... For,
1: uh, for for Spiritualized heads, well, first of all, I mean, they've been using a bunch of videos, but, like, when once that kicked in, like, after that interlude, right when he ollied, I guess, the
0: gap between the
1: light pole and the cop carver, I, I was like... Oh, my was, God, like, that was shit. fucked
0: up. That was an incredible Yeah, that was super alley. fucked up. It was amazing. And then also the fact that, that teamwork you know something my wife said to me earlier today she said you know you have this crisis of male loneliness out there and you know there's probably just wishes why don't you just get your husbands and boyfriends to go try skateboarding or something like that you guys seem to do a lot of male bonding you know those of you who are a bunch of dudes together but anyway officers, I, I need the there. spiritualized breakdown though real quick oh, oh, oh i'm still left hanging all right so um so mike are you familiar with the band spaceman
2: 3 you guys are like um on a different level with all this stuff than all I, right so
0: reader's digest version of it is spaceman 3 were arguably the coolest most out there drugged out band to come from england in the 1980s their credo was taking drugs to make music to take drugs to and a catchy a, a catchy slogan exactly and, and yeah no, they like, don't uh, get much catchier than that yeah the he- snake he- eats its tail it's tight <laughs> exactly yes. yeah and um you know it just is what it is um The influence of the Velvet Underground, science fiction, trippy space stuff, uh, heroin and just the fact that living in rugby England when you are not a student at the rugby school, which is uh, one of the elite private schools that filters into Oxford and Cambridge and into all higher rungs of British society. spacemen three were the total opposite. They were drugged out, didn't care about society and the band kind of fell apart in 1991. And so Jay Spaceman, who was one half of the creative, um, creative engine of the group, the other one being uh, Sonic Boom, who has done a couple albums with Panda Bear and now lives in Portugal. Anyway, Jay Spaceman's formed Spiritualized. And a big beef was between them was that for the first Spiritualized album, they covered Any Way That You Want Me by the Trogs. And I think Sonic Boom had wanted to do that. Anyway, Spiritualized is on like big, loud, trippy, out there, wallace sound, druggy. I mean, the album, Ladies and Gentlemen, were floating in space from 1997. The limited edition version of that album basically came in a prescription blister pack, so mini CDs in the same sort of packaging that you would find uh, prescription pills. Like the the drug references are the drug references are, are out of control, and it's actually I think it works. I'm, I'm going long here because I think the ideas of drug use, sobriety, redemption, um, spiritualized Eyes also super influenced by gospel music there's a lot of elements of gospel the song come together for example the live version where they do like uh an amen breakdown at the end anyway it feels like spiritualize is particularly apt for the death wish gang anyway baker and death wish gang sorry so where were we brian yeah skates a
1: journey and spiritualize casper brooker skates fast as shit um did a lot of no slides as like part of two pieces which is really dope like just going fast as shit um it's funny skating in LA for this guy. It seemed like it was on easy mode compared to all the shit he usually skates in London. So it like su- what's that?
2: Uh, I was gonna say that's like super well put. I was like he. I was thinking how powerful it was where he comes from a really cool place, you know, a great place for skate looks, and then just killed it in LA. Yeah, he went sometimes sh- like not yeah. be rad for people from other rad places. If that makes sense, you were saying though.
1: No, yeah, that was my basic point, that after skating in London, he must have like been like, oh, this is like easy mode in L.A. And the, uh, yeah, blunt slide, kickflip out, beneficial edge is crazy. Uh, the Sean O'Connor kid, I don't know where they found him, but he's really dope. Really, really dope. Good, yeah, really good trick selection. Like, he, he'll flip the backside tail I show it out. Florida? It's, it would seem that that would be, that seems likely. Marlon's cap. Marlon's, right, Marlon's cap. He seems like a Florida boy.
0: Yeah, because also the Marlins cap is like that's dedication, right? It's not necessarily a fashion thing. Because in the '90s, say for example, when they were a brand new expansion team, it was kind of hype. But um, have they have they ever won a World Series? Cause they've been to the yeah, point. yeah. They won one back when Dontrelle Willis was was the uh, was the ace. The God, that feels like forever ago. I had a classmate who was all about the Marlins. Like he stuck out like a sore thumb in a a school filled of kids rather Mets or Yankees. He was. All about the Marlins. Shout out to Jason Perman. So, question for for both of you. Number one, there's this nice mix of new talent, plus legacy talent, plus OGs, couple friends. Something I did notice about this video was there was, what I felt to be an excessive amount of B-roll. I think that would have, if you went through and really trimmed it down to skating and the best angles, you probably could have made a very tidy, 40, 50 fifty-minute video max. But Something I was thinking about in my second viewing of it was if you don't have the b-roll if you don't have the hugs the high fives the hand slaps the random shit like then it's just a just another skateboard video whereas like a baker thing is it's an event like what did you all think about the actual length of the video and how much other stuff was in it.
1: Yeah well I mean hijinks have been a part of the baker brand forever you know eat that shrimp uh, you know one another one of their classic slogans. So I don't mind. I mean, it's all part of the vibe, you know, didn't mind at all.
2: Yeah, I don't think uh, we 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 heard at one point that someone, at least someone, and I'm sure other people thought it was bloated in terms of like, yeah, there's a lot of stuff packed in there, be it skating or B-roll or whatever. But that's always been the vibe. But um, I, I feel like you get a bit of a, you get a lot of leeway, actually. Not a bit, but a lot of leeway in terms of, you know, they've been making videos like this since two thousand. I can't remember when um Baker two G actually came out and you know, how much that relates to Baker and Deathwish at this point. If there's a clear line Baker bootleg. Sorry. Misspoke there. Baker bootleg. So it's like they've been doing this stuff for a long time and they wanted to pack it in. It felt it felt actually like pretty um purposeful in terms of like we're making a full length. Everybody gets their shine. Everybody gets their personality like you strip away the b-roll footage from Alyssa's part and i mean that part was so fucking awesome because of the b-roll and because of like the feeling and the music and you know we, we can go on and on on and on with that one because i really appreciate it. it's the feel-good
1: it. part of the year exactly exactly but, like
2: real quick patrick like that um homie max who you know if if I were to say, all right, we can cut some stuff and maybe I don't know backstories like the dude's pants that fell apart disintegrated while he tried that trick. And he did a switch hard flip late shove it. Um that wasn't tight. Um like there there's certain like cul-de-sacs that they went into and whipped around for a little bit, but I don't know. Overall, no, nah, they, they they can do it and I don't think it was bad and actually You know, I think I mentioned last episode that
0: Tony Hawk said that full-lengths are dead. No. Sorry, Birdman. So, Alyssa Steamer. Alyssa Steamer is a superstar. I think this, plus her Thrasher cover, uh, I know it's February, but I feel like she might be lining up for something. I'm not going to say SOTY, but I think something that's been really interesting is seeing younger people realizing— Okay, excuse me, younger men. Because non dudes out there know who Alyssa Steamer is. Alyssa Steamer, Alyssa Steamer, is a trailblazer. I mean, her part in Welcome to Hell. First of all, the pants, the skating, the trick selection, skating to the Sundays. I mean, there's part of me that does wonder what it would have been like if her career had gone differently and if she was appreciated for how much of a trailblazer and a and a ripper that she's been since day one. But you know, she just turned fifty, I think. So, what do you think about? this kind of this new chapter for Alyssa. And as a follow-up question to that, are we going to get a skate part from a 60-year-old skater someday?
2: I mean, like like we all agreed on, like, feel-good part of the year thus far and probably not going to be surpassed. Like, the song uh, by the Violent Femmes, American Music, like, shit, man, I was 11 vibing off that and it was already an old song. And it was so cool and it was on my Discman. To have it come with... This person I've appreciated and looked up to, frankly, since I was 15, 14 maybe. You know, whenever Welcome to Hell came out, like... Summer 96. I I think what's not appreciated about Alyssa steamers skating, and maybe it is by the young men that you mentioned, Patrick, like, that part came out in Welcome to Hell, and you're like, oh, fuck, that was sick. It fit right in the video. There was no, um yeah let's just be frank about it there was no like like golf no no there was no handicapping because it was a woman skating it was just like damn Nolly tail slide fakie a handrail and like crooked it too ate shit on that ledge that uh vinnie pont crooked grinded yeah like the part was legitimate in just its standalone way and she had you know high top su- superstars looked sick superstars. everything it was just like, okay, this person is legit. And I, I would actually push back a little, Patrick. Like, she probably didn't get every flower that she deserved in um the course of her career over the years. And I guess that's to say, had a pro shoe with that knees, you know, had various pro models on various brands, and then did kind of go uh into the background. But, you know, props to Baker for picking Alyssa Steamer back up and being like, You actually are so fucking awesome and so rad that you you need to be here and put out a part like this roll in backside 180 switch flip on that thing
0: love that that oh, was so cool we, we we gotta hold up we gotta stop and talk about something that Alyssa steamer did in welcome to hell that to me just made me say okay this skater is awesome and by the way she's still to date the only skater that i have been completely starstruck and unable to go up and say what's up to i saw her in the deluxe office first time i went over there Mind you, I've met Mike and Rick. I've met, you know, I've met Guy. You name it. Heavy hitters, heavy hitters. But like... Patrick, was your tongue tied? It was. <laughs> Hard to believe, man. I, I mean, she's, yeah. she's effortlessly cool. But yo, her ollieing into the Challenger Memorial. I think, was she the first person that was that an NBA? Had, no, had anybody ever skated that? Don't think so, no. Think about, no. Think about the Ashad part that just came out a few weeks back. And him skating blindside into that and that's we're coming up on 30 years since welcome to hell and we've seen some cool stuff into that memorial uh for the challenger disaster but Alyssa, Alyssa, allied into it first and it looked amazing you know it, it like the slow-mo was wholly appropriate so i think that's the other thing there she did something like she she was the one to kick the door open for that spot and that's such, like that's such a rare thing to have on video right i mean is there a video of Choppy Omega? Is it Choppy Omega who Ollied the um, the fountain at Love? Was he the first one? That's the legend. Yeah, but who's seen the video? And I shook my
2: head because I'm a good podcaster. Like, no, there's <laughs> Choppy Omega.
0: And, and 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 I think like thinking back to Alyssa joining Baker at this time or coming on to Baker at this time and thinking about like the question of like redemption and like these long arcs, these long histories. I think that's another thing that made this video interesting, because you know, Theotis is in there and I would have loved to see more of him and, of course, Antoine. But it seems like that's probably not going to happen. But it also feels kind of like, you know, you think about a bad breakup, that there's been enough healing that everybody can kind of post up and not just like be civil, but like say, hey, what's up to each other? And I don't know, like, would it feel appropriate for, say, like an Antoine to get back on Baker or is that just bad idea? That's like that's water under the bridge. Like it took a lot of work to get to where that relationship is now.
2: I think a lot of it has to do with like kind of stark cold business decisions in terms of, uh, you know, Julian Davis, if I remember right, was on Julian Davidson, was on Death Wish until recently and was also on uh, America. And he's no longer on either. And, you know, no, no footage in this video. And, you know, you can only go so far with the sentimental pieces. Um, Alyssa's out there geez this sounds so lame now you know after all we just said but you know alyssa gets the cover alyssa has a part you know a lot of it is contingent on what you're doing and frankly how marketable you are at any given point um, yeah
1: like for uh i mean for the demo just speaking in, in marketing terms or whatever like for the demographic that is all about Ant- antoine like for whom his parts were super impactful like they're entering their mid-30s those dudes buy one
2: board a year
1: yeah i mean that that's they're like where i was uh, yeah 10 or 15 years ago so uh, that's another thing i put in my notes like well we'll talk about this when we talk about you know baker's longevity like they keep bringing up new draft classes like every seven to ten years or so with the with the young prodigies
2: let's uh prodigy is an interesting word to use for some of these guys like what, <laughs> what do we think of uh i don't know i got uh lyric and sully on, on my notes like what do we think of these dudes oh well i mean
1: they're good but like no I, I wouldn't really consider them guy mariano type
2: prodigies
0: they're rookies That's, i think yeah, yeah, is say the say appropriate it. term
2: all right i'm gonna i'm gonna uh you know show my cards a little bit they're like late second round picks though wow they're really, they're really betting on these dudes like yeah
1: i mean it it's weird when you sponsor young am it's like you're betting you're you're making an investment in them that they're gonna stay into skating and be something and stick with your company which well, is a lot I, you know people go through crazy shit between like you know those years between like 12 16 something 18 whatever so it's not a sure bet i, I mean by any means.
2: yeah i mean i i saw like lyric come up and i'm I, I apologize for not looking up lyrics last name first name kind of stands alone and i was like whoa kid named lyric okay here's this here's the skating all right i'm like you know rudimentary very lazy rudimentary internet research and lyric had a video uh in 2022 you know they did uh some project that kind of introduced the kid i'm like all right yeah i remember Weird, that weird that 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 was the skating that was in the new video. Okay. And then Sully Sully is developing, but the three sixty pressure flip kind of was know, like
1: yo, shout out Damon Bird. Three sixty pressure flips are back.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Did Nate, they ever Nate go Sherman's head has been tingling for a week. No, it's it's like it's kinda like, all right, shot selection's a little uh, a little iffy. But yeah, hey. Sully had some shit, and I, I don't know how you go ninety miles per hour and do a nolly backside shove oh, at nice. it. Which which is not a trick. It's a trick you can do. I've seen, but it's I've, not a I mean, trick. I've I've seen fakie backside shots. It. Well, but well, then it's
1: a fakie frontside like, shot it. It's yeah, a Weird transitive. What about that kid Zion though? I think he I think he had a little something. I think he had a little bit of that je ne sais quoi. Oh, he's Louis? good.
0: He's good. He's good, and he was skating to Lou he's Reed. Good. No,
2: he's good, and he's gonna be really good. I yeah, I, I'm sorry that I I left out Zion because. My notes <laughs> left him out.
0: Wait, we're, that we're kid's really... That real. What up? He, 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 like, him opening the video, skating to Lou Reed, Satellite of Love, which, actually, that's one of those songs that will bring me to tears. You know, there's that part at the very end where you can hear David Bowie's backing vocals very, very loudly coming in. That joint, I love that song. And it's absolutely perfect. And it's like, it shows that, like, I think he's the one that they're banking on. They're, he's part of a continuum. I will say, though... Um, Hold up.
2: Yeah. On Zion. Yeah. And this goes back through all the Baker videos, like, or at least let's say the past fifteen years of these videos, like Andrew Reynolds has a lot of affection and appreciation for kids and young skaters. And I think it, it shows, you know, when when he gives a kid like Zion is this his last name, Fs. I saw it today and I needed to write it write it down. But um, That
1: sounds about right.
2: Like about there is right. there is something to you know, the way that he gives these kids like serious songs. Like like you were saying, Patrick, like that's like not a not just a song. That's that's got some heft to it. And um the way that Zion showed up throughout the video, you know, it's like, hey, this dude's rad. Keep an
0: eye on him is what it what it made me think. Yeah. And, but then um, yeah, your, go ahead. To your point about thinking about skaters as rookies, I don't want to deviate too much here, but I think one of the challenges, and Jason, you hinted at this, one of the challenges of being a skater between the ages of 12 and 18 is that by the time you hit 18, other interests and life, that's when they really start to get in in the way. And that's kind of where the divergence happens. That's where you see the skaters who end up becoming, you know, having like a real career, everything like that. And then you have people who fall off and, you know, they still skate now and again, or maybe they just, they get out of it completely. Who would y'all say is the greatest rookie of all time. Oh, that's easy. Pat Duffy. Not Dan Guy Mariano? Mariano? Hold up. Rookie like as in having a
1: like coming out of nowhere and having a part. Exactly. Pat Duffy. Without no question.
2: I think who else? I'm a, I'm going to throw out uh, Nick Trapasso in that uh Baker or not Baker. Jeez, he was on Baker Bootleg. Bootleg. Jeez. Okay, they need to make this shit less confusing the next time around. Um in that toy machine video, the Nick Trapasso oh, yeah. part. Is that that was joy. That was some shit. That was shocking. That was shocking. I don't think anybody saw that coming.
0: Mariano too. But I guess I don't know, because like Mariano had been on Powell, but then his blind part, it's almost like, I don't know. Like, you're right. Like actually, yeah, Jason, I think I, I might defer to you on Pat Duffy because I obviously didn't see questionable when it first came out, but thinking about it, like trying to think about it in context and talking to people who were there, it was like, Oh, this is dude, Pat Duffy. He's on Plan B. Like who's it? Because everybody else was a was a known quantity except for what Fabry, right? Was Fabry on Fabry. Uh, Was he on
1: Eighth Street? It, Fabry was on. He might have been on Eighth Street. He had a part in this A One Meets video, which was pretty sick.
0: Who
2: didn't? What? He everybody sure, yeah. was in there. Yeah. Fabry was yeah, apparently from that. Minneapolis. Like Fabry lived in Minneapolis in the late '80s, early '90s for a little bit like he was grinding big rails at like uh minneapolis uh m c t c minneapolis community technical college there there were these rails in back and a feeble grind like a 12 stair 1990-ish that's that's the local lore and it's funny that he uh, basically did a bunch of like tech gross bullshit <laughs> in plan B questionable, but was a power skater elsewhere. He did so other
0: other things that he's more famous for. Anyway, back to, back to Baker talk then. What about Vince Palmer, the homie from all the Supreme videos? I really liked his part. Like, it seems like he got, he's kind of having what LeVar had. When they get their growth spurt and they're starting to feel and look more comfortable in their skating, you know? Like, it's a little less gangly. It's a lot more controlled. And uh, Oh, it's that little guy. Yeah. yeah dude, I'm, I'm just annoyed power.
2: that they gave him a name. Look at him. Look at him. We're talking about him now that they gave him a name. Like, that's the power of a name title in a video
0: vincente palmer he is, is he from italy i'm not sure but vince palmer is a hard body He's name like it, right
1: but right it looks vince like palmer. a
0: 35 year old's name vince palmer attorney at law
1: but yeah what did you start off with like switch back tail switch flip out that's that's some heavy Think cleaned
0: it up yeah yeah he def- yeah definitely stood out is reynolds the greatest scout in skateboarding
1: currently or all time uh, let's go all time all time, i probably, I mean, I'd probably say Mike Ternaski because he kind of in, invented that whole paradigm of being like a town scout, town manager. Well, no, Stacey Peralta did. but um, Yeah, but the late I'd Mike Ternaski took
0: it to another level.
1: Yeah, I'd, 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 I'd say Mike T, but uh, he, he's up there. I feel it like Girl Chocolate, and I think for a while, Girl Chocolate, it was so easy for them because the people Girl- who were the best were like automatically on her.
2: Mm -hmm. Girl and Chocolate's problem was that they, uh, let's say they drafted well, and then they didn't re-sign any of their rookies onto, like, amateur deals. It's an imperfect, uh, metaphor, but, like, they were the New York Knicks, where they never, you know, signed a rookie for, like, 20-plus years, or, you know, like, kept a rookie after their rookie contract.
1: Are you referring to, uh... The slew of rippers that were caught in what's known as the Crail Tap Flow Vortex.
2: Yep. Exactly. Yeah. Uh <laughs> Travis Stanger, Nate Comfer. my buddy Nate. He's uh he's
0: from Minneapolis. Idiotically good. Stupidly good. What about all the people that almost got on Girl but didn't? So Henry Sanchez, later on like Gons and I think the um the consolation prize was okay. We'll put him on uh we'll put him on four star clothing. Which like you had a chance to put the guns on? Lucas Puig, apparently. I think Lucas was in the running to get on girl. Yeah. Why the also hell not? Uh, I think also Jean-Baptiste G was getting I think he was getting flowed by them for a minute. Jesus. Only one I'm mad about is JB. That's a huge what if. That's such a huge what if. I mean Oh dude.
2: Puglio. Puglio grinding up that rail on a girl board
0: i know they should have just put him on they they definitely should have just put him on and just be like yo come to sf film a bunch of cool stuff and then you know the most awkward fit of all time was him on enjoy i would also add um maybe dill into oh yeah dude dill's picked some
1: winners like the new kid the new kid that we just talked about that kid's a winner he's fucking killing
3: it
0: yeah so then kind of like uh zooming out a little bit uh, and still continuing to talk about baker but kind of putting them within the perspective of other things that have been happening in the in the industry over the last three or four decades. Why has Baker lasted so long? Like what are they do what are they doing right? What are other and who are some other companies that have had the same type of longevity? Maybe not necessarily being cool, but still relevant, still putting out videos and still having a team with writers that people care about?
1: Well, the main thing is that their brand identity is kind of malleable meaning they're not hesh, they're not rap they're not cholo but they can be all of the any of those things you know what i mean plus they're just lizard brain enough to appeal to like the 12 year olds out there which is like the major skate demo
2: yeah you can like be like oh i'm a, I'm a new skater i've done this for two years i live and die by this shit because i'm 15 and a half and here's Baker. Whoa, Jolo dude. Whoa, awesome. Uh, yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't need to go down the identity chart. Like, it's got something for everyone. And um, you know, if you are a new skater, it's enough of a fuck. You were not the establishment. Like, we're not your parents. We're edgy enough, even though like. Your parents are as old as the guys who run the brand, if not younger. And it's, <laughs> it's it's just like this perfect. I don't want to say perfect because perfect is a hard thing to to achieve. It's a reflection of skateboarding in a lot of ways. Uh, it's also a very Los Angeles company, and the video you know shows that through and through. And I I think it's actually really fantastic that. God, how whack would it be if Baker and Deathwish were skating a bunch of China plazas? Like, get the fuck out of here! That's that's not what we want to see.
1: Yeah, that's yeah, that's not really their uh, their thing. And I also put this in my notes. Like, it they seem to have kind of an austere business model. Like, they're not going to China. Don't really see them in in Europe that much, aside from like you know Paris here and there.
2: Milano. But, yeah, Milano. I, I, yeah, who who's got the Italian? Yeah, no, I'm not even gonna try it.
0: No, no, you had it, you've had it. No, Jason, you're Milano? right. And like Milano? Yeah, Milano. Yeah. You, you know, Sorry Jason, you're right. It. Like 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 sticking to a pretty sticky, like they have a program. Like they, you know, you know if you watch your Baker video, it's gonna be some three six mafia, right? There's gonna be a little bit of Hesh, there's gonna be a little it's you know what? It's the perfect marriage of Hesh and Fresh. Maybe that's the key to longevity. Yeah, there you go. There
2: it you it's can. it's a cocked Atlanta Braves hat.
0: Yes. Oh, by the way, Reynolds wears so many different sports teams hats. Like, is it just a fashion thing, or does he like a lot of different teams?
2: I think it's a fashion team, but it's like something I need to delve into now that um, you've brought that up. Because I'm working I've seen, on
0: something. <laughs> I've seen. I've seen Braves. I've seen Yankees. Uh, what other hats has he rocked? I don't know if I've ever seen him wear a Dodgers hat. Oh. I think he's wearing Marlins hat. Isn't there? Didn't somebody say like they saw him in a San Francisco Giants hat?
2: I, I feel like the the braves hat and i bought i i wrapped wrapped repped a number of braves hats in the early 2000s because he wore those and you're like that's the best like color on color on color hat because now i'm trying to remember the colorways but you know it's blue white red top blue bill the red, red brim, and then the i i think i was able to get them with a, a green under brim. so it's like i just say cream jesus
1: yeah <laughs> i mean he, he doesn't seem like a diehard sports fan i don't think i've ever read anything that uh, would convey that i mean not like me where i only wear mets hats you, you never catch me in anything besides a mets fit unless yeah like rules rules are rules. yeah, rule. <laughs> yeah exactly rules <laughs> are, <laughs> like yeah rule. unless it's like you know something non like non-sports related like a skate shop or whatever supreme or you know some type of quarter snack thing, but um yeah fun, funny thing he always wears that marlins hat everyone always wears the marlins hat with like the turquoise f no one no one even thinks about the miami marlins i couldn't even gun to my head i couldn't tell you what the miami marlins logo even looks like
2: what are the miami marlins are they football
1: no they changed the name to the miami marlins Is for whatever it, reason it, it, when? It's a few, a few years ago
2: a few years for ago, for whatever maybe. reason nobody cares like that. Uh, uh, let me let me quote
0: everyone. That's crazy, yo. So I remember, like, uh, oh yeah, the the new stadium. I, I want to say that they built a new stadium for them in Miami, and it ended up being a big boondoggle. It was one of those uh, huge projects that nobody wanted, and it was a disaster it, at every single level. And just they're just there's just oh no. I think I think I'm thinking about the 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 Rays, Tampa Bay, really crappy attendance, which. I don't know. Uh, Florida doesn't want baseball. Yeah, but it's there for some reason. Anyway, back to the question of uh, the question of longevity. So uh, yeah. Baker has a lane, and they're, they're sticking to it. So who are some other brands or maybe distro, you know distro companies that have done similar? I mean, off top, you could say real and also Deluxe as a, as a distribution company. I mean, Real had its imperial phase from what, 92 to what 98, 99, like an imperial phase basically being where. A brand can do no wrong. They're selling a lot of boards and they have an excellent team. Um, And they still have a huge, excellent team. Um, And cool is such a subjective thing. But, I mean, hey, they're still doing it. Anti-hero is still doing it.
1: Yeah, I mean, I've I've said this before about Deluxe. And the thing about them is that the organization is run like a mafia organization. And I mean that in the most uh, complimentary Way possible, you know, from the top down. Jim is the underboss or whatever. Who would be the godfather? Godfather would probably be like, who's the trucks guy?
2: Tony Vitello. Yeah, Vitello. Vitello
1: mm-hmm. would probably be the godfather. You know, I just and it just goes on down from there with the, the you know, the different team managers would be like the street level capos or whatever.
0: <laughs> I'm loving this, by the way. I need a series. <laughs> but uh, yeah, just because
1: it's so organized and they run such a tight ship over there that uh, you know, and they had keep Speaking of like talent, talent managers, they, who have they gotten on their team when they were way young? That like, uh, is that Alec Majerus guy on Real?
0: He's on Flip.
1: He's on Flip. Oh, he's on Flip. My bad.
3: Other I Minnesota mean, Ashad, guys. Are, hello. Yeah, and
0: that who one else? guy from Arizona. Which one? And there's so many. <laughs> no, the one on Real. I mean, it's kind of hard because like, there's different crews within Real. Like, you you sometimes forget it's such a big team. And then you know, whenever you find yourself asking yourself. How come real doesn't go and put out another full and just like, how long would it take to film something like that? Uh, I mean, I I, uh, for a
2: story I had in quarter snacks, I talked to Tim Fulton, who's like, yeah, deluxe team manager. He said you can't do a real video anymore because there's too many people, too many conflicting schedules. Yeah, just too much conflict in the time and energy and like content that people have to give out. If one person has a video part, they got to put it out then right then. You know, maybe three people have one, like a video part put together and then, you know, they put it out together. But yeah, they're not i, w- I would be uh surprised if they got another full video out anytime soon, based on
0: what uh Fulton told me. That would basically be a two hour video and I don't think skateboarding is ready for that. I mean, God bless him, homeboy tried. We are blood was that uh what you wanna call it? Rhythms, Genesis Ty Evans. Ty tonight. Evans. I can't believe I forgot dude's name. <laughs> it's been a long week. Also, I didn't have power today because uh, there was a storm over here. So I'm just kind of getting back in the in the groove of things. Something we were kind of talking about before we hit record was, do truck companies count in terms of longevity? Because that's a completely different model. I mean, most of the truck companies we know and love have been around forever.
2: Yeah, I I was the uh, guy who was like, what are you talking about, Patrick? <laughs> um yeah, Indy. It it's funny though that like truck companies have like come and gone in 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 that independent is still here. Gullwing. I don't know if you can buy a Gullwing anymore.
3: Someone shouted at the radio.
2: I yeah. think you can in some form or fashion. Is Larry Balma still like selling tracker trucks? Tracker. There's gotta be a market in the, in like the eighties nostalgia. I'm literally sitting i'm sitting on my hands not because i don't want to google any of this but i was just doing that because it's comfortable but it's like those those other brands aren't prominent so there is like a you know fall rising and falling of truck companies in america in the world i don't know yeah i mean
1: there's the whole slew of come and gone but the main ones independent venture thunder thunder and that's it tracker was really prominent in the 80s and and stuff i mean yeah i got head tracker uh trackers on my first board in 1987 but
0: what about orion damn. what's that orion trucks. orion
1: oh yeah those were
0: terrible where did <laughs> i think i had some and they broke who else oh gullwing is still around by the way um they are under the umbrella of sector nine so i think they uh, yeah. they're now in like the, oh, the longboard boy. niche so if you can hey if y'all can keep the lights on doing that shout out to you grind king is back grind
1: king's still doing it
0: tensor still, tensor's still around
1: tensor so yeah you can still get tensors i think tensors are
0: like the, the lowest trucks
1: on the market or something my, my boy fletch like measured them one time but yeah so many truck brands have fallen by the wayside but like independent i just think because the brand is so strong you know and i mean they changed their logo and stuff recently but just just the word independent
2: well and there was I like think. a grip of people that kind of defected from Independent, and still don't know the full... I don't have a full understanding of why that happened, but y'all remember that. I don't know. Yeah. Defected I know.
1: to, like, Ace?
2: Ace and or Thunder, be it, and or Venture, be it, you know, sponsored guys, or people that didn't even need to, you know, didn't even have allegiances. It was just kind of like, oh, yeah, we're kind
0: of done with Indie. Wait, what about, um... I mean Crux at the end of last year not only cut their team manager but the entire team just gone. No explanation, no nothing. I think several people said they found out by social media.
2: Yeah, it's like it's you know terrible that people lost their jobs and or sponsors. Crux was one of those where yeah, you're like sub brand of NHS, basically it felt like.
1: I mean, they had a niche, like if you wanted a truck that looked
0: like a donut with sprinkles on it like they had a truck for you that's a good point yeah they had a lane but you know like that kind of thing is it's very sudden but anyway back to the question of longevity what do y'all think is the biggest enemy to longevity in the skateboard industry what will ensure that your company will not last more than 10 years changing a bunch drugs having owners who are like super into drugs that too I've heard gambling is another big one too. Like uh folks being in uh in serious debt to bookies. Was it was that uh that company up in San Francisco? Uh CNO wheel company and Fit Skateboards. Oh, I, I don't know. I don't know if that was gambling or, or something else. I heard they were somebody was playing with the money there. I seem to remember like they had a great roster, like uh, oh, yeah. Jason, fit was Fit was dope, man. Was,
1: yeah, there was a lot of video, p- credo.
0: There was a lot of potential there, Classic. but just like checks were being bounced. People were getting frustrated and then eventually just they, they shuddered. I think another one that can kill your longevity is selling too soon. Um, like, say, selling your brand to either a fashion house or some partner gets out early. And I think, uh, Mike, you had just said this changing too soon. Like maybe like you can think of you ever think about like um, trying try to think about companies like where you like you like, wait a minute. Why do all these people just I think it's like this happened to New York like that original like the original crew was so sick and then it got sold to echo and then the whole the whole flow switched up like clyde singleton is awesome but he's not a new york dude why is he on new york now clyde actually got a nice check out of that so that was a good thing um thing, like yeah like like zoostetics i
1: i think he talked about i think clyde talked about on that on some podcast and i think rodney smith also talked about it on the nine club um kind of paraphrasing here but i think he said something like they had overextended themselves and partnering with echo would you know would enable them to keep doing what they want to do blah 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 blah, something like that
0: you're right that's a really difficult choice to make as a as a business owner is you know do you sell you know and be able to continue doing what you're doing and you know not only keep the lights on but also provide people with um provide people with a living but then i think about companies that were a little bit ahead of their time and you just wish like rookie for example because rookie shared offices with zoo york Back in the day, a company like Rookie would be doing numbers right now. But they Oh, would just, yeah. Like, like oh. an
1: all-girl team, like based in New York. Like, forget about it. Oh yeah. I an mean, all-women
0: team. And also, like on top of that, like aesthetically, like they, they, their look, like the boards were cool, the clothes were cool. Like it was very similar uh, to New York in like that kind of like austere late 90s New York. Like, like I would love to be able to stumble upon a Rookie hoodie at some point. But um that were just like that was just one of those instances where, you know, just like a little bit ahead of their time. If they'd come 10 years later, oh my goodness. But then, you know, back to Baker. I think Baker, you know, oh go on. Uh, just uh oh, no, what what were you gonna say? Sorry. Well, I was thinking about something that um the homie Seb uh Lewis Button on Twitter, for those of you who want to lurk on his page. Um he's hilarious, by the way. Great skater too. He said that Baker is the quintessential L.A. company right now. They's like, they are L.A. And I think that's something that helps with longevity. If that's like the default board that everybody who lives within however many mile radius, like the, the first thing that they reach for when they're in a the shop, like, oh, let me just go get another Baker board. Let me get a, another Baker board. That's a huge one, too. That's a big one for longevity. I mean, like Antihero, for example, wouldn't say that they are the de facto San Francisco company, but you, if you're an old head, if you're 30 plus, you know an anti-hero big eagle is going to hold you down. So that's another thing as well. You know, if the product is consistently good and you know you can pick it up anywhere and it will always be tight, you'll be good to go.
1: I mean, there's regional brands all over over the place, but Baker, fortunately for them, they're the regional brand of second biggest city in the
0: country and the skateboarding capital of the world, pretty much. So there you go. Yeah. And then also... Maybe another part of it, too, is not trying to do too much. I think, you know, I think about a company like World like World Industries still exists. Dwindle still exists. But they, 89 to 99, the combination of what World was doing, what Rocco was doing specifically, and what was happening in street skating, I don't think that there's another, you know, it's like, you know, the same way that people get nostalgic about the 60s, that's what it is for skaters the 1990s to have been there when all of that was happening like you will never have and, and, and think about this from a company a brand perspective longevity like there was no way that Rocco could continue to be as disruptive and as innovative over a long term. like you burn out and he he cashed out at the exact perfect time and yeah that, I mean
1: that, that period was uh was crazy in terms of like the innovation that like Clive mentioned this on some podcast also like you went from like boards with no nose like in 1989 1990 to like switch 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 to
0: no slides in like 3 years you know yeah like the skating the the hardware the fashion i mean it was like living in fast forward and it's bizarre thinking about it because would would you all say that skating is moving significantly slower right now oh yeah i mean there's
1: there's innovation out there like you'll see something like Antonio Durar, like, Swiss 360 film knows one side of handrail. But it's, like, comes, like, once a year. You know what I mean? There's innovation on, like, the ledge tech level. but
2: well, Yeah, there's, you know, the kid who's doing the kickflip front blunt down Hollywood 16. And that's innovation. But I don't know if it is. I mean, it is. It is. It is. But that seems like stasis in terms of, like, hammering that same spot for the thrasher cover.
0: True. And oh, you know what? Here's another thing about Baker. When a Baker video drops, everybody's watching. I mean, everybody watched this joint. Like that it was like that was the marquee event for something like 48 to 72 hours in skateboarding. And you think about how many videos come out all the time and how difficult it is, you know, just us doing this podcast. How difficult it is to keep up with things. But the fact that, hey, Baker just dropped a video, you know you got to check it out. Because you know well, it's going to be good. And you know everyone's going to be talking about it. They put it out in, you
2: know, late January because they knew that was when we're going to be talking about it. Specifically, the Mostly Skateboarding podcast.
1: Furthermore, they posted it on their own YouTube channel, not the Thrasher site.
2: Whoa. Oh, palace we didn't even get to that. Palace, palace intrigue.
0: I think a big part of that is to drive traffic to their site and not have to go through Thrasher. I mean, here's the thing: Thrasher, for the longest time, you, know, has been ahead of the pack in terms of video drops, video releases because they have a proprietary video player, which means that you can skirt some of the copyright issues, not all of them, but then also all the traffic is going to your site, which is amazing for advertising. And that shows that, you know, that shows like serious business-mindedness very similarly baker decided we're going to post this on our own youtube we will definitely be linking out with thrasher and you know the premiere looked crazy it looked like a like a really good time but um it's interesting you know cuz you know coming off of last year's uh, sodi season which just kind of felt like oh god this again it felt so refreshing that as soon as sodi was announced a bunch of cool shit started coming out you know now we got this new baker video and i think there's some other stuff that's going to be coming in the pipeline that's going to be good but Baker has a Death Wish
2: Part 2. Extremely awesome video. I think I want to just put on record, like, I love that. And it was really good. And, yeah, that it kind of broke the the content cycle that's put into place. And that it was posted on their own YouTube channel at, I believe they just put it up on, uh, you know, Friday morning at midnight Friday EST that's dope you know more brands should do their thing and fucking hey that was a great skateboard video um full lengths aren't dead
1: yeah spe- speaking of breaking the Sodi content cycle there was a uh, former Sodi or the last part in this video that was pretty mind-blowing jamie foy who's a, a yeah machine, she's a- just an animal
0: was skated to two live
1: crew yeah, yeah, dude, like that's when that so song came sick. on. It was so funny. When that song came on, I was like, no way, dude.
3: It was so hard,
1: hard.
3: it's
0: like it's peak Florida. I think it's also it's also, you know what? Florida runs skateboarding. I think that's what yeah. this showed us. Florida runs skateboarding. That's that's like like if you want to say that there's some sort of invisible hand running things behind the scenes, it's the whole state of Florida. Everything dope that we love about skating is coming from Florida. So right,
2: it's so, so it's Florida, um, New York, and Minnesota.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Like no Florida. Yeah, no Florida. No Rodney. No no Ollie, right? No Alan Gulphin. No um no Alyssa, no Clyde Singleton, you know. No Reynolds. No Reynolds. Like we, there's a laundry list of names. A laundry list of names. But yo, Jamie, yo, Jamie like that part was incredible. <laughs> yeah, for me
1: it was like, you know, he he laid low last year, obviously filming this, and he didn't make any noise in terms of Sody, in terms of the Sodi hunt or what have you, and he just drops this just you know just to remind everyone who the fuck he is.
2: Well, you fakey 5-0 you to know? double kinker.
1: Yeah, faky five-o, double kinker. Yeah, he
2: and
1: just it, he, that guy I, doesn't I, think, jump jumping on rails for that guy is like he doesn't even think about it.
2: And no, okay, all you no, I don't, I don't want to come in that hard. Fakie five o. How else do you faky 5 a handrail? That is how you do it. That is the trick. It's not some other dumb trick name. I'm going to, like, dunk some fool's <laughs> heads in a toilet
1: bowl. Oh, like fucking, uh, like, Fakie Ollie to Frontside Overcrook or something? Oh, God. Yeah,
2: dude. It's like, <laughs> okay, okay. Actually, let's go skateboarding and let's figure out how you do a trick like god if you're gonna fakie five like a flat bar you don't like
1: do <laughs> a <laughs> parallel like that
0: like Th- that was uh, I, mean, I guess you could you it was like, so good it was and and it was the soundtrack made it hyper dramatic although i think the best music supervision in this joint is neckface face skating to who the neighbors
1: yeah well well and the, you know barry manilow of course
0: Yo, <laughs> yo, yo, that would, there were some bold choices in this video. A bold like, choice, man. Barry mellow. Like, and hey, l- it's like, just, just thinking about it is hilarious. And, like, you know, big adult contemporary vibes here. And I'm totally here for it. And by the way, I got to skate uh, at Baker Boys, uh, thanks to the homeboy Jamie. And, uh, yo, that is really what Rettles listens to. Like, you will go from like 3 6 Mafia and then like, Hard turn into some George Strait or uh, some some Dolly Parton. Was this like Dolly Parton, Kenny Rogers in here? Yeah, like it, like not ironic. Like no, no, no. Like that's just the man's taste, and it works. Well, which
2: makes me think about like Baker. Okay, ultimate LA company girl might have given up that torch, but dude, Baker is like Americana, and I think if you watch that video, it's very. I mean, it's hyper LA. But, but it's appreciative. And, oh, God, now I'm getting into controversy. You know, people people on this podcast, I say, raising my eyebrows, talk about Quasi in terms of, like, there's some sort of Americana company. Baker does it in, like, a non-snooty-ass way. Baker appreciates the country we live in, boys. America.
0: I mean, this this... America. <laughs> this fall marks 10 years since I moved to L.A., and I think the thing I've noticed over the last decade living here is that this is the most quintessentially American city. It's not, not even New, New York. York. It's not New York. It's definitely not Miami. It's not Chicago. Um, it's nowhere in the plains. It's nowhere in the deep south. It is Southern California. It, no, it is, it is in Southern California. It is LA. Why? Because this is the logical end of the American dream. This is where... This was the whole point of manifest destiny. Sea to shining sea. It is, it is, even the deepest, most uh, out there immigrant communities you can find here. And um, I think it's only it's second only to New York in terms of linguistic and cultural and ethnic diversity. It's still somehow managed, like every community here still seems to reflect something super American. So take for example uh, the Hmong people, uh, many of whom came here as refugees. During the implosion of Southeast Asia after the end of the the American war in Vietnam, there's a whole lane uh, here of Hmong families that took over Louisiana fried chicken franchises, and like that's that's what they do. Like that's you go there, you go get some fried chicken, and it's really really tight. And like, what's more quintessentially American than that? But yeah, like you're right. Like LA is it, it's it's. It's a it's the obsession with lawns. It's the uh the frontier mentality, you know, it's the fact that you know it's a it's a hyper atomized space, it's the sprawl, like those things are all quintessentially American for better or for worse. That's LA. Well,
2: I'm stoked on that.
0: Yeah, we're stoked to uh to visit again. Yeah, pull up, come through the <laughs> crib. Which brings us to the part of our programming where we talk about what we're stoked on this week. Jason, what you stoked on this week? Well, we mentioned Legacy
1: truck brands earlier along those lines. Once again, stoked on venture trucks. Also stoked on the new Naquan Rollins joint. The usual suspects, Carlisle Aikens, will have you, Paris, Philly, New York. Stoked on the new Jake Baldini and Matthew Anderson joint, front row. Usual, well, not the usual, some cutty spots that you probably haven't seen in New York, Pennsylvania, maybe Maryland, plus some other heritage spots. Pretty dope. Stoked on the music of Greta Van Fleet. This is one of these things where I randomly saw a YouTube video of these guys, and I was like, "Oh, this is pretty dope." Sounds like Zeppelin, kind of like Zeppelin times yes. And I just kind of like went through their catalog. Still making my way through it. It's yeah, pretty dope. If you're into Zeppelin, and what have you, Mike? What are you stoked on this week?
2: Uh, I'm stoked on watching, watching, excuse me, the TV show Bosch. Uh, there's a lot of fans on Twitter, at least like random skate people that I appreciate with their opinions of it. But um, I, I started watching Bosch and then a couple of days later I tested positive for COVID. So I was like stuck in my bedroom when my family was home and I started watching Bosch and it's pretty tight in terms of they show L.A., in a way that i never really appreciated and i'm watching the baker video and i'm like oh wow la And then bosch la whoa cool and yeah basically uh bosch and the new baker slash death wish video we, it's a baker video guys come on reynolds all over it like has given me a new appreciation of la and that's pretty cool uh patrick what are you stoked on this week
0: I am stoked on Spitfire Wheels, although I can't go skating because it's pouring rain right now uh, and it's going to be raining all of next week, which sucks. So in the interim, I've been going through uh, and organizing all of my CDs and my records since the move. Uh, I've been listening to The Pogues a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, which is something I never really did. And it's been really kind of nice and beautiful. I'm also reading Thurston Moore from Sonic Youth's uh, autobiography, which is long. Great writer, but my goodness, like, I think the original, the first draft of this was something like 600 pages, which is nuts. Skate video-wise, Christian Maloof's part in Static 6 just dropped, and I've been enjoying that, as well as the Carhartt WIP video. Although people feel some type of way about the spoken word in there, but I don't mind a little bit of spoken word. Anyway, that's it for our show this week. You can keep up with Mostly Skateboarding, not only by checking out mostlyskateboarding.net, but also by following us across social media mike where can the people find you on bobby digital's internet
2: i am on twitter and instagram at m munzenrider and if anybody wants to friend me on blue sky come on guys i'm I'm, same same handle uh jason where are you bobby digital's internet
1: on twitter at carberry 1994 on Instagram at frozencarbonite and writing stuff for quartersnacks.com. Patrick, where can the people find you?
0: You can find me on Twitter under the handle at Colonel K Speaks. You can also find me on Instagram under the handle at P.K.Gongo. Can you guys hear that rain right now? By the way, dude, it sounds like, yeah like money counters, like
2: cash.
1: No, it in it, money it, it sounds like that uh that like newsroom typewriter sound effect. Whoa. Oh Telef- shit!
0: telefax I should probably uh, I should probably get off That's right here. That's
1: the rain in Southern <laughs> California. That yeah. sounds it's
0: great, dude. It's pouring right now. Anyway, we've reached the end of our show, and for safety purposes, I'm going to get off of the internet. But um, continue to follow us on the internet and um, roll safe, everybody. Thanks for checking out the show.
1: There.